Welcome back. It's Tom Bell here. So excited to have you here for another episode. And on today's episode, super excited to bring my next guest on. His name is Sloan Wilkins. He is a financial coach, one of the most Zen men that I have ever met in my life. Super healthy uh, and, and much more to that story too. But uh, welcome to the show, Sloan. Thanks, Tom. G'day, everyone. It's really good to be with you. I always love having a chat about um, life and how we can make things better and it's more exciting. It's always great to talk with you. Mm, well, I am excited to have you here, and, and I know that um, you're, uh, you've moved into the entrepreneurial space um, of late, but uh, my uh, first um, times knowing you was within corporate and, and you being a, uh, a quite a young um, general manager or senior executive level um, individual rubbing shoulders with all the other people at that level and, and holding your own and, um, and then getting to sort of meet with you in, in person from time to time. Uh, one thing that you know, always struck me, not only the kind vibes that you give, uh, but was the level of presence um, and, and attentiveness that you would bring to any conversation and any interaction, even if I was observing you talking to others, that it was as if no other matter moment mattered. And considering the busyness and, and the position that you held for you to be able to do that, uh, it really resonated with me seeing that and, and, and uh, certainly brought a great level of respect amongst other things that I have seen. Um, but yeah, for people who haven't yet come across you on their journey, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure thing. And, and wow, thank you. That's, uh, that's really great feedback to receive. And sometimes I always reflecting, you know, am I present enough in an individual conversation? Um, and, you know, I guess there's degrees of that and we can always do better. But um, who, who am I? Um, look, first thing that came to mind is, 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 is I'm a Queenslander. So um, living in Brisbane now in central Queensland is home. Um, in, in a lot of ways, I probably consider myself quite privileged, um, although, you know, there's definitely been my fair share of challenges throughout life uh, growing up and along the way, some things that we went through as a family and, and then as you move out into the world and start to get a little bit older, some of the things you go through there. So, But I, I guess neither of those extremes really um, define me. Um, I am closer to 50 than I am to 40. Um, turning 48 this year, don't tell anyone. Man, that time goes fast. And um, I was thinking just the other day, like I can remember being in, in probably primary school and we were talking about the year 2000 and I calculated it out thinking, far out, I'm going to be 26 when that happens. How old is that? Mm. And um, mm. here we are, you know, 22 years later beyond that. And uh, the time goes fast, so you've got to make the most of it. Um, what else? Oh, I guess I'm, yeah, I'm married, beautiful wife, Michelle. We've been married since 1998, so coming up on um, a pretty special anniversary in next year. And we've got two awesome kids together. So Mackenzie, he's my son, or he's our son, turning 22 this year. And our daughter, Miller, she's turning 16, so a six-year gap between them. Um, beyond that, as I said, you know, Queenslander, but a country kid at heart. So I grew up spending a lot of time in nature and I still really find that enjoyable today. It reminds me to connect in with the moment. Um, mate, then pr probably beyond that, I'm into labels. So um, I'm, I'm a vegan, I'm, I'm a Buddhist, I'm a meditator, I'm a non-drinker. So all of these labels, I think, you know, but really I'm, I'm just a pretty average sort of bloke. Um, and with my focus on work, I'm really just trying to reduce suffering in the world and take responsibility for my own life and operate as much as I can from a place of kindness and compassion. 
Mm, oh, that's lovely. And you know, like for me, it's you you do do that. Like you, the ripple effect from you, like it is that you're always willing to give your time that you do genuinely want to help people. So tell us about um, your the the entrepreneurial uh, world that you're a part of now and and what your business is all about. Yeah, so um, it's interesting. I don't actually think of myself as an entrepreneur, but uh, that is the, the buzzword these days, isn't it? So mm. I, I really think that, you know, I'm a business owner and, and clearly I'm, I'm looking to, to make it work. Um, but with that said, I'm not in, in it to make a million, I'm in, in it to make a difference. So the business I'm working on now after uh, escaping the corporate world last year, after 30 years, released myself into the wild, um, is financial coaching. And my, my business is called Executive Financial Coaching, but it doesn't mean that I work solely with executives. I do work mostly with professionals, however, and, and successful small business owners. And really where I'm coming from is, yes, money is important. We all need to get that right to, to a degree um, unless we're going to live off grid and grow our own food. We, mm. we do need to operate in the financial world as it exists. So can we learn to do that better? And also, I'm interested in helping people understand what their most important goals are and focused around the, the key life areas that we, we all have, be it health or family or, or career or our lifestyle or where we live, all those elements or even how we, we grow as individual, what's important to the person or couple that I'm working with and how does that align with both their values and their money? because they should all be supportive in a structure and helping them move forward together. So I'm um, really, really passionate about what I do. I'm probably giving the world's longest answer because I really no, enjoy talking about it. But um, yeah, in, in essence, um, I, I really, I think we can reduce financial suffering, both for individuals and ultimately um, the community at large, because the, the damage that's done by having difficult financial circumstances. And we all run into that at some point in their life. I know I have I've definitely made some mistakes and clawed my way out the other side. So to be there as a guide for clients that I work with to help them on that journey and help them get that alignment, learn how to manage their money well, uh, because truly your, your income is your most powerful wealth creation tool. And if, if a lot of that is flowing out the door to other people due to payments for this and payments for that, often things that don't truly deliver meaning and satisfaction to us. Mm. Um, it, it means that inevitably we're going to struggle and we're going to find it difficult to get momentum and, and build some wealth for ourselves. Define wealth however you want. It's not about making everyone a millionaire. But if your financial well-being is currently two out of ten, how would life feel if we got that to a five or a six? Yeah, uh, and who's actually stopping and actually doing the grading? Like I think it, it like I often look and I think it's a little unfair when you look at a, like a balance sheet you know and I look at a lot through the lending it's like income blip one line of income from your job or whatever it is and then the outgoings is just like just keep them coming for this and for that and oh you got that extra expense and the thing you didn't plan for and whatever else and so you know it sometimes can feel like you get into a little hole and, and like I don't have credit cards now it's not something that I, I, I want to have again but I have in the past and they just sort of balloon up and then that little hole that you're in kind of feels like you're at the bottom of a well and it's like how 
someone throw me a rope <laughs> yeah um, and 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 like how do you actually get out of that hole like and on top of that like you're down in the well and all you hear is like property prices have raised 33 percent you're thinking oh okay and interest rates continue to rise you're like oh okay, well so the houses are costing more the yeah. interest rates are going up and then you're like oh look don't worry i just won't think about it i'm just going to fill my car up for a second oh my god <laughs> you know so like is anything getting cheaper anywhere like my pay yeah. is it going up enough to be able to cover this thing a corporate's going to come and pay more so so really like how where do you start like what how do you even like if you're down in the well someone listening to this is like please just give me some tips like <laughs> what what what's the starting point i mean is it grading it and, and going okay you know what it is a two out of ten so that means what i have been doing hasn't been working which means i need to make some changes you know is that where you come in yeah, it definitely can be. Most of the time, probably the best way to categorise when people come to work with me is they've, they've hit an inflection or a transition point. And that can be either they've run into some circumstances where they finally think, yes, I am so over this and I don't want to live this way anymore. It's time for some, some pretty big changes there. And I need, the, I need to let go of some behaviours that don't serve me anymore and adopt some new ones that will serve me. That's sort of one reason. Or it could be their circumstances have changed from a, a more positive perspective where it could be, um, you know, a side hustle has really started to take off and there's some more income coming from that. It could be that they have uh, achieved some career success and stepped up a notch and there's some income that they want to take a better control over. Or it could be, you know, we, we've ticked off many of the goals that we had for ourselves over the last five years so what does the next horizon look like? And getting people on the same page, particularly if they're part of a couple, about what that looks like and, and how, we, um, how we rank those in terms of importance because we can certainly do anything, but we can't do everything. Mm. So there's definitely trade-offs that need to be made about you know, the, the order of, of goals that we attack. Um, and naturally, there's there's trade-offs to be made in how we live our day-to-day lifestyle because, you know, more of one thing typically means less of something else. So um, there is a scary word that I use with clients um, and all of them, regardless of their level of income, and that word is budget. Mm. Um, And so a lot of people think that that's a a scary thing. They're going to be quite restricted and struggle, um, that it's going to be total austerity. But really a budget what it is, is simply you giving orders to your money. Your money is very good at taking orders and it will follow without question what you tell it to do. However, that's, that's where we need to step up and be intentional and tell our money, okay, you're heading over there. It's like each dollar is like a little person in your army unit and you've got to give them the instructions about, okay, this is your mission. You head over there and do that and whether that's, you know, paying the gym membership or it's, you know, putting some money in towards longer-term savings or shorter-term savings. So budgeting is, is, the, is the baseline there. Um, a great example that you gave before was also helping people to remove themselves from um, regular consumer debt, so getting rid of the, the credit cards, um, because in my language, you, you really can't step forward too well into the future if you're giving most of your income away on a regular basis. Mm. So it's helping people... Um, get on budget, get control of their money and um, take the step forward in line with the clarity that we've also helped them achieve. Yeah. 
because yeah, the, the the consumer thing is kind of gone even more berserk like as i see it's yeah. like now it's that oh it's interest free or it's only eight dollars a month or it's only there and when you kind of work out some of the eight dollars a month and the fact that you might have paid full price and you know a few other things maybe for something that you didn't need um all of those afterpay zip pays like there's so many of these other things that are like kind of like um, taking future money as well uh, and it might only be like it's only this much it's only that much but it is you, you kind of see that the suffering financial suffering like it, it's an interesting yeah. term that you use like you know there's mental and there's all these other things but it is probably at the core of all of that so if you're able to be taking people on the journey out of that it's not necessarily going to be fun and fireworks and all of those things you know maybe the short-term pleasures that that maybe you know buying something when you don't have the funds for it uh, yeah. brings um but really like what is the value in someone's life if they don't have that financial suffering? I mean, yeah. how many people don't have it? Like it would be, a, I think it's a small percentage of people that probably don't feel like they're suffering or have the fear of, because even if you've got money in the bank, how many, how long would that last if something goes wrong? There's always that in the back of your mind mm. that only lasts X amount of months. And who knows, COVID's probably taught people that you, you can't bank on anything. Yeah, look, um, life will happen inevitably. And, you know, um, financial suffering, you know, there's degrees of that. It can be really extreme where you've got debt collectors calling on you and things like that. And that's probably the realm of financial counselling. And that's those services are out there and they're free. Mm. Um, you know, in Australia, we do a really good job in that space, although I'm sure that whole sector could use a lot more funding for the good work that they do. Um, National Debt Helpline is, is, is an example of the wonderful organisations that are out there in that space. But it, it definitely is more common um, that people feel a level of discomfort or uncertainty or they're uneasy about their financial circumstances um, or simply just don't have the level of confidence because they haven't looked closely at it. And that, that is really common and it's regardless of your income level there. So there's people that I work with who have very, very solid incomes um, yet haven't had the investigation and the consideration and the thought around, you know, where's this all going and is it lined up with things that matter to us? Yeah, because um, it's an interesting thing. Like you say, like, um, you know, people might make any amount of money, but the, has anyone ever really been taught how to manage money? Like maybe some class in, in yeah. school, but like if you're a plumber, well, you might know all the different things about plumbing and where the pipes go and all of those things, but yeah. that doesn't mean that you're going to be great with money. And, and then you, you work so hard, you work your 40, 60, 80 hour week, whatever it is that you're doing. And you just want to have some nice things for yourself. You want to go and do some things. So, yeah. and, and your plan though, isn't to say, what I'm really loving is the sound of this being tied to values, right? So it's not to say don't have fun or enjoy your life, but if, if it, it probably makes more sense then to work out what would really matter to you, real bang for buck. Yes. And so that way, because your little soldiers that you're sending out, the little dollar dollar soldiers, yes. um, when you might as well get them to go and get stuff that really hits the heart, hits the values uh, at opportunity cost of the other things that might've been short-term, but really wouldn't have been fulfilling um, so that you still can, if not now in the medium to longer term, have more options to be able to live a life you truly want. 100%. That's exactly right. And um, look, in the absence of us considering what is important to us and what we're heading towards and therefore being intentional with telling our money what to do and what their mission actually is, um, look, there's plenty of marketers out there who will happily step into that space 
and give us some wonderful ideas from their perspective of what we should be doing with our money. Mm. And most of that doesn't really serve us long term. And I'm totally okay with people having stuff. Uh, what I've got a real problem with is when the stuff has you. And that means that, you know, you're, you're going to work to pay for your past as opposed to build your future. Mm. That, that has a very different vibe to it. And mm. so, yeah, the past needs to be dealt with. There's no stepping away from it. From it, the um, the the borrower really is slave to the lender. If there's debt there, it needs to be dealt with, and you know, get that over as done with as quickly as possible, so that we can really stop driving the car by looking in the rearview mirror and start looking actually out the windshield as to where we're going and planning that fantastic journey that we want our life to be. Uh, will we will we get there with all of it? You know, I think all of us are grown up to know that we don't tick all the boxes in every area that we want, but can we be on a journey? And that's really what drives a lot of happiness and satisfaction is making progress towards a meaningful goal. Mm. Um, and, and, it, and would you say from your perspective that there's hope? Like I know this is your role, yeah. this is your job, um, but like, you know, if people are listening and they're thinking, oh, geez, you know, like it's, it, it, it hurts, it sucks. And, and in the end, it does still get to a point where you can't go and do other things. Like, like hopefully not at debt collector level, but there's a, there comes a point where you run into a wall where there is no more credit card, yeah. there is no more, you know, other things. And so you, you, like you've, you've maxed everything out. So then you still have to get to a point where you're going to say no anyway. So from your perspective, do you feel like, you know, pretty well for anybody, there's, there's hope. But there yeah. has to come with a conscious decision to make change. Like you said, the clients are going to come to you. You can't keep doing all the same things that you were doing. It's time to actually really be committed and make a change. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And you know, when, when I'm engaging with people, that's probably one of the three things that's most important when we're starting a conversation. First one is really understanding their situation um, and truly listening to what they're experiencing and what they're heading towards, but providing information then, um, some, something valuable that they can start working with uh, immediately. But the third one I think is actually the most important. It's actually written on my wall right here, which is inject hope. Mm. Um, mm. So it's, it's interesting that you landed on that word, Tom, there, because it, it truly is. like we, we know that we need to go through some changes if we are heading in a, in a certain track. And this could be with our health, for example, you know, if, if we know that we need to lose five or 10 kilos, at some point we will need to get off the lounge. Um, and that is probably going to be uncomfortable. So change isn't easy. Humans probably don't like change. So therefore it's really important to have a connection to the bigger goals and the values and what you might call your why in, in Simon Sinek terms. You know, mm -hmm. why am I putting myself through this? What is the ultimate goal or the payoff that I'm working towards? So in that way, it's, it's quite similar to any other uh, endeavour that you might have in your personal life or corporate goals as well. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how, like, you know, if, you know, we talk about, um, I mean, I definitely talk to people about purpose and passions and, but like yep. thinking of purpose, you know, your life purpose, what is it he, that you've been called to do? Some people believe in it, some people don't, but almost then finding purpose in all of the different strands of, of, of being that, that um, stream away from you, like your work stream. Can you find some, some purpose in that? Your financial stream, relationships, all of those sorts of things. I mean, you don't want to necessarily be with a partner that doesn't like you or doesn't want you around or treats you poorly It's and it's toxic. Well, that, that doesn't sound like why, are you, again, why? That question of why and, and connecting with a level of self-care, self-love, 
self-worth to be able to engage in activities that are good for you makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, indeed. And I don't actually call call it this, but um, definitely some of the discussions that I end up having with client, clients are around boundaries. Sometimes it's the boundaries that they need to establish with, in relation to their money. Mm. Um, but then in other areas, it could be how they're working on their health and vitality. Um, so it's it's almost inevitable when you start taking control of, of your finances and they start to improve that so many other areas of your life start to improve as well and mm. and conversely it's although it's not necessarily the case if you if you wanted to make progress for example in your career and calling and where we're heading that would be well served by supporting it with improving your financial position yeah you um, seem to have made like a like a will be very good, and especially for someone that has achieved what you have so young. You you seem to be have made a lot of conscious decisions about the direction of your life. Like you're directing yourself, like the little dollar soldier. You know what I mean? Like you, to to make decisions to you know vegan. That that's a um, you know a, a healthy lifestyle choice and and one that requires a fair bit of effort. Easier probably now than say you know years ago. Um, yes. I would say, um, but then you know, not just that, to, to choose not to drink, to choose to, you know, do all the different things that you do. Um, so for someone that is, um, you know, so good at that, it'd be interesting to know from your perspective now, what do you, what's your definition of success? Oh, good question. Um, wow, Tom. Um, success, I, I think, really is multifaceted. I, I don't think it's one thing. Um, and really, for someone, if it is one thing, that's probably time bound. You know, uh, think of an Olympic athlete. You know, they've got one thing that's the definition of their success. And there's not too many Olympic athletes that spread their career. There are some over uh, over multiple Olympics. You know, two or three is pretty amazing in and of itself. So um, I do try to focus on having those multiple key areas of my life operating all at a reasonable level and i've definitely in the past um in the corporate world focused on on that at a certain time in life almost to the exclusion of, of everything else and you you can see some damage and you can see some carnage in other areas of your life be it you know um the the new suit that you need to buy because it doesn't quite fit anymore because you're ignoring <laughs> your health um so trying to be well balanced but for me what I will consider a success, you know, if, if I'm 90 and, and looking back, it, it, it won't be my bank balance, um, although that will, that's, that will take care of it itself. Um, given the work that's been done to date, it's, it's really going to be not even maybe a legacy that I would, would leave in terms of it being connected to myself because I'm not interested in that. It would be helping and empowering it empowering others so that they can take the actions in their own life because that just spreads and uh, I, I think I, I can't change the world but I, I can change my relationships and the impact I have on the individuals that I'm in contact with and if I do that with a thousand people and then they do that with a thousand well that's a million people that have been impacted yeah i just got goosebumps that's so cool and because the thing is too it is like that ongoing ripple effect like you teach a parent like you teach me how to be better with my finances because yeah i'm not the the world's best 
by any stretch of the imagination. And so you teach me how to be great with it. Well, then when my kids are coming up, I can then go, well, hey, these are actually things that I learned because before a plumber was a plumber, the ba- baby wasn't born a plumber, right? So <laughs> you have to go out and learn the skills yeah. and then, you know, then I might pass it on to my kids who pass it on to their kids. And so it, the the cumulative effect of, of you having this mission and, and purpose in life certainly uh, adds up to be what's well, like compound interest, I suppose, isn't it? in the long term. Yeah, good analogy. Yeah. And um, and look, you've got, you've got kids the same as me. Isn't it incredible when you see your own behaviour reflected back to you by mm. those kids? They, mm. they, they will far more take on what you were doing than what you say. Yes. Um, yes. And so, you know, I, I think it's great when, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there helping. We're, we're talking about our family budget and it's not something that we do behind closed doors. It's something that we let the kids see mm-hmm. um, and we hopefully let them see. And this hasn't always been the case. Years ago, there certainly were money challenges and money leading to money arguments. Mm. Um, and that's really common out there. So if it's something that's impacting some of your listeners, you know, feel like you're one of the many there. Um, but, but these days that, that doesn't happen for us um, because we've got ourselves into a situation where we know how to communicate around it. There's a lot of blame and shame and emotion around finances. And it's not really your fault because as you alluded to before, we're really not taught how to do this through the education system. We're taught how to earn a dollar, not necessarily what to do with it once we've got it. Mm. Um, So despite not being our fault, it is our responsibility and we can take some steps and move positively with that. And and you're right, you can become a fantastic role model for your kids in so many areas of our life. but for many people, finance is, is, is a challenging one and something that's hidden away and not so much talked about. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. And then, like, you know, you're bombarded with um, marketing to the point, like you said before, of people telling you the things that you need and, and whatever else. Everybody would like to get at the dollars in your pocket. So, yep. um, you know, pushing away from all of that noise is is its own its own challenge. But you know, for you, like you, you've achieved some absolutely massive success and, and no doubt, um, you know, this venture will go on to achieve great success as well because it's powered by kindness and uh, the rocket fuel behind that is your extensive experience and, and demonstrated success with finances. But are there any other like ingredients that you think have contributed to your success? Yeah, uh, yes. Um, uh, probably the first thing that I would say is, for me, it's helpful to recognise that it's not really my success. Um, I don't think anyone out there is truly self-made and it's, it's a term that gets thrown around and, and that's okay. There's no disrespect if that's a term that people are using. What, what it leaves out for me potentially is we all need support from other people to achieve the things that we're achieving. And so I think it's actually more important to celebrate the roles that others uh, of others in the progress that we, we all make. Um, I definitely would not have achieved what I've achieved without working and supporting others and achieving things through them. Um, because, you know, the bigger the team that you run, you quickly work out that your role is actually often to get out of their way and just be there to support. So enable their success and, uh, and become the cheer squad. Um, but with that said, what, what can the individual do? Um, education, I think, is, is very important. And regardless of whether that's been great for you up until now, that you can turn the page on that and that change because it never stops in life. You, 
you really can continue to, to learn and great for you cognitively, but also it's really going to help you find out what you're passionate about and to do better if you are in, in a corporate world or some sort of competency hierarchy somewhere. Um, reading as much as you possibly can. I just, and there's been times where I haven't read a lot and I always feel better than I do. And that really should continue, I think, throughout life. It's uh, really important. And I also try to seek out not only just things that interest me, but actually points of view that I'm unlikely to agree with um, or I think on the surface. So just trying to become more well-rounded that way. Um, mate, probably the other thing I think would be listening to and trusting your, your intuition. Um, I've actually tried to develop that more over the years. I don't know whether develop's the right word, but certainly listen to it more uh, because, you know, you, your gut does tell you some things sometimes and is it always right? Well, no, but it's, I don't think it's any worse. I don't, I don't think it's success ratio of getting things right is any worse than your head because mm. there's a lot going on up there sometimes. Um, and so we, we do have those three nervous systems running in our body, the, the head, the heart, and the gut, you know, that that is just scientific fact. So there's sometimes there's things that we feel that we should really listen to. So um, just get in there and, and, and have a go at it. And probably... Um, in closing to, to that particular question, um, don't wait until you think you're 100% ready. Um, and, and blokes are pretty pretty good at this because often we're full of um, bravado and bullshit, really. Um, but <laughs> you, 70 percent or, or above, if you if you think that you know you're right for the role and you've got most of it, step forward into that challenge and and have a go. Like obviously, don't take on anything where someone's life or their their full situation is going to be placed in danger by you lacking competency mm. um, but that's not often the case in in most of our roles there and we can rely on and draw on the support from others so yeah get in there have a go listen present your ideas confidently and just look to learn from the inevitable setbacks you're going to run into as well yeah, I was actually quite surprised because I got, I got three sisters um, and like a healthy circle of women, I suppose, in my life. And nice. to, to hear about the um, the men are likely to go for the things, whereas women will need to have like, say, all 10, if you were talking about the, the job application mm. as, a, as an example. And so, you know, when we're in that position, it, it probably should ring true because sometimes, you know, I'll talk to my partner or one of my sisters and they're like, oh, no, I couldn't do that. I'm like, well, yes, you could. You do this yeah. and you do that and you've got this skills and, and that maps across this way. And, and then like even then after the, the pep talk still may be like, oh, I don't know. Um, whereas like just go for it if, if it's especially if it's something that you really, really want to do, because then yeah. you've got that, you know, the purpose and the passion that's um, no doubt going to bring more energy towards it, um, you know, after the fact. Yeah. Um, It'd be amazing, amazing, Tom, to see how do Aussies rank compared to others in the world? Uh, I'm just thinking about, you know, given the the she'll be right attitude that we sometimes have, which is, you know, that definitely got us downsides. But one of the upsides might be that we're we're prepared to give it a crack Mm. and have a go at things. So I don't think that that's unique to Australians, but uh, it's certainly part of our culture. So it'd be amazing to see how we rank in that that around the world. And so, like, you know, we've talked about, um, you know, achievement. We've talked about, you know, you've had some some challenges and some struggles. But, you know, if life is 
at times a little bit like a roller coaster ride where you're on yeah. the ups or on the downs and depending on where we are and 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 then depending on which part of our life that we're looking at you know like you sort of said before the the corporate things saw you know some downs in other areas of your life maybe when you weren't watching or even if you were the importance yeah. of the other one um what are you sort of saying to yourself in those harder times to sort of keep yourself going um yeah look I just uh, actually probably um, Buddhist teachings have been quite helpful to me here. There's there's one concept in particular which is anicca, um, which is that's in the Pali language. It's not spoken anymore. It's the language of the Buddha at the time, but the the English translation for that is is, is often impermanence, and what that means is sort of in detail is is all conditioned things. Uh, and permanent. So everything that's had a, a cause or a condition to bring it into being is going to first, it'll arise, it'll exist for a time, and, and then it will, will cease or pass away. And so that, that applies to situations, to emotions, to feelings, um, you know, like if, even this breath that we're, we're sharing now, you know, it has a beginning, it exists, and, and then it ends. Um, so that can sometimes be perceived as a little pessimistic on first consideration, but it's actually a really uplifting and, and positive message because I know if I'm having a difficult day or a, a troubling year that, um, you know, this too will pass is, is probably mm. the simple way of, of, of saying that. There are, are things that I can do and actions that I can take. And, you know, I know that what I consider to be good or happy or fortunate that, Whatever the, whatever the situation is, that those things won't last forever. So if this is said something positive or good in my life, I really should be treasuring and appreciating those mm. um, whilst they are here because and know them and respect them for what they are. Um, so yeah, look, that's 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 probably how I keep myself going. Does does it mean that uh, the first five minutes of the situation I can get into that headspace? Probably no, but it, mm. the the gap has got a lot shorter. Um, I can remember being probably a very angry young man um, if, if things didn't go the right way or how I thought they should. Um, you know, it, I, I might lose myself for, for an hour or a day in that, mm. in that feeling of that emotion and then only resurface. Um, now that's, that's a matter of minutes or sometimes I even feel it coming before it arrives and you can sort of talk, your, talk yourself down off the ledge before you get on it. Yeah, well, you were talking about the different parts of, you know, um, mind, um, heart, gut, and whatever else, yeah. but it's like, then the different parts of the brain, you know, like the emotional system is apparently much faster than, uh, and, and, you know, much stronger, I suppose, and yeah. we, we react to things. Um, but so it sounds like that gap shortening, you've got good at recognizing where you're at and uh, the kids was something that they picked up i think it's a kindy i absolutely love it um they talk about zones um what, what okay. zone are you in you know i'm in the red zone i'm angry i'm in the blue zone i'm sad i'm in the green zone i'm That's happy so cool. life is good yellow silly uh there might be another one but um you know it, when you even when you t recognize an emotion or you talk about an emotion, I think scientifically that's then shown to kick you back into that prefrontal cortex, the, yeah. the part of your brain that's thinking. Um, so I, I found with the kids, sometimes just asking them, well, what zone are you in? And they'll be like, oh, I'm in the blue zone. I'm like, well, you know, what zone do you want to be in? You know, like, yeah. well, I'd like to be in the green. And then it just, you sort of see it turn around. They start to come back. Yeah. Um, so how has it come to be for you? Like maybe it's the Zen things, like you sort of said, but you you uh, you just notice in the moment that you're in that zone that you don't want to be in, and then you start sort of journeying yeah. back out of it. 
Yeah, look, name, name it to tame it. I've, I've heard out there from, mm. from others as well because the part of your brain that is required to name the emotion that you're experiencing actually pulls you from that part of the brain that's driving that emotion that you're in. Um, so it, that's that's a really interesting approach. But um, oh, I'd, I'd like to say that I, I went on a spiritual retreat on a weekend and I came to this realisation whilst meditating under a tree. But um, it, the, the reality is that I bashed my head against a wall for, for so long over so many years that I actually had to come to what would work for me through the valley of what doesn't work and doesn't help me. So mm. I really gave myself a hard time and probably by extension that the people around me, even if it's not directed at them, they're still in that energy space with you. Yeah. So it just it just doesn't doesn't work to be to be driven by anger uh, long term anyway. It can be yeah. can be useful in short term and it's you know emotions are what they are. And I heard another great description, and I can't remember exactly who by, but, you know, uh, emotions are visitors. Um, so if you're, if you're able to, to pull back from yourself and see these things happening, which sometimes many of us can only do after they've occurred, um, even that's useful, building that awareness muscle there that, okay, mm, yeah, that, that's occurring for me now. How might I best act uh, what are the lessons I need to pick up here and how can I move towards what will serve me and the situation and the others around me in the best way oh, I like it because like you mentioned that this too shall pass I've got that on the wall here behind me oh, and cool. and because that's the thing too from a perspective of feeling happy like happiness doesn't happiness is a visitor too yeah. happiness will come and then it will go and then and and so sometimes it's the feeling like oh but i had it and then it's gone and then you then you'll you know you've got this regret or you're longing for the happiness that you once had uh, i feel like you know in the buddhist thing is quite interesting to me where it's like suffering will happen and just being in the suffering like understand that suffering exists yep. and just and just ride through it suffering will come suffering will go um, yeah, yeah so which I is not like nihilistic that. at all, and you know, actually, um, like a really great book if, or message for those out there who maybe haven't read it is um, Eckhart Tolle's Power of Now, um, which talks a lot about you know being in the moment, or another way of saying that might be mindfulness, etc. Um, but he also talks about acceptance, you know, ex accepting this moment as if you had chosen it, um, and. Just when you apply that onto a situation where everything's just gone to custard and you just think, oh, how could I possibly have wanted or chosen this moment and, and why would it be useful to adopt that way of thinking? Um, but it, it really is because he's not sort of saying, yeah, you're defeated, just, just give up. That's not the message at all. It is if you're fighting against the situation as it currently is, you're not yet in the mindset that's going to deliver the thoughts and the actions that will help you move through and beyond to success with this scenario. Mm. So it, it is about sort of, okay, this is what is right now. I want to make it better, but first I need to start with this is the situation that I'm currently facing. It's almost like the starting point on a GPS. Um, the GPS is totally useless if you cannot acknowledge where you are now. Mm, mm, yeah that's a good point i like it and so i don't know if we fully covered it all uh, when we were chatting before but is there anything in particular that you're working on right now with re with regards to your business um 
Yeah, look, um, in short, yes, um, because I've started off deliberately working with um, one-to-one with an individual or if they're a couple, I always insist that they're both there for every conversation that we have. And I and I work remotely. Um, everything that I do is, is via Zoom, so it enables me to have a client base basically all over the world. Um, I was having a conversation with someone from the Netherlands during the week, which was wow. um, fantastic. But um, what I would say is that that has limited scope in terms of how many people I might be able to help. Um, and again, I'm not, I'm not going to be the, the saviour for the world. There's plenty of people doing great work everywhere. Um, I'm going to work on my little patch. But I, I, I am thinking about um, small group coaching is, is an area that I'm going to be developing soon. Um, and also developing some other uh, low cost and no cost solutions. So um, I really just want to be able to make some of the tenets of managing your money well or developing those foundations more accessible. Mm. So that's uh, very much in, in my mind. And to, yeah, typically, well, technology will, will play a, a part in that. There's, there's so much out there that um, really can help you communicate. So uh, I think there's plenty of tech conversations and mastering some of those tools in my uh, not too distant future. I like it. And so again, like it just does sound to me like, you know, you're continually evolving, you're continually bringing conscious effort to everything that you do. Um, is there any other tips? Like, so someone's, maybe even they are successful and want to take things to the next level. Uh, and for anyone really, I guess, wanting to achieve more success in their life, you've covered a lot of tips, but would there be any other tips that you'd have for them? Um, yeah, well, yes. Um, so what ones would be useful is the, is the question I'm asking myself. Look, I, I think be curious um, and that serves and adds value in a number of different ways even if you're not looking to necessarily head in a different direction but to optimize where you are and and be the best version of whatever it is you're you're doing in that domain of your life um, being curious can be as, as as simple as listening really well and truly trying to under, understand the situation and the perspective of the people around you um, because Often with the way our, our mind works, a lot gets filtered out and it gets slotted into a paradigm that we have about how something is or should be. And that's can be quite different from the reality when you get yourself to stop and truly engage with what's going on. Um, so that's one aspect of, of be curious. The other aspect is, is if you are looking to, I guess, grow in some area of your life or as an individual overall, or that could be career-wise, um, and you're not yet sure on what that next destination actually is, the best way is to sort of just simply be aware and, and see what, pay attention to what captures your, your what sparks your interest and, and learn more. Because, you know, I'm always constantly fascinated by uh, what catches my interest. And I wonder where that comes from. And, and I don't have an answer for that. Like, you know, why am I um, interested in certain things and, and not in others? So I was just communicating to my little fox terrier who's appeared at the front door near me here that um, probably he doesn't need to defend the universe right now. Um, yeah, so where does, where does that come from? Why am I interested in some things and, and not others? Why have I ended up doing what I'm doing now as opposed to many other things I, I could have been doing? I, I don't really know. Is it, um, is, it, yeah, is it a pathway I've consciously chosen in some ways? Yes, but in other ways, maybe 
I'm running into things that help me connect with how I might best serve people. I don't know. It's really interesting. So being curious is one. Um, definitely for me, and this was a hard, hard learnt lesson, which was um, both connecting with supporting others, but also being willing to receive support from others. Mm. Um, I've, I've spent a lot of time in my career um, being a, a one-man army, so to speak. Even though I might have been working as part of a team, I did at times a pretty poor job of involving others, particularly if you're having a challenge, um, or it could be as simple as trying to develop the best solution to what you might be working on or a new project or something. Or something, the perspective of other people and support of other people is is just so valuable. Um, you know, success or is is rarely cultivated in isolation. I wouldn't mm. say that it doesn't happen, but it's pretty rare that you will fully develop success in a sustainable way if you're doing that in isolation. So working with others and being willing to exceed um, accept support there. And being vulnerable enough to ask for it, you know, that's a really good message from Brene Brown. And, and I, I love the way, you know, when she talks about, you know, give me an example of being brave that doesn't involve being vulnerable. And, mm. you know, she even gave an example there from talking to uh, special forces teams. And, and, and they, you know, will always say, okay, every time I was brave, yeah, absolutely, I was totally vulnerable. And in their case actually physically vulnerable, you know, mm. putting their life on the line there. Um, different for us in, in many aspects of our lives, but, you know, to be brave, we do need to be vulnerable and move towards things and simply set your sights on things that are important with a bit of last one, um, sort of, you know, look, looking upwards, where, where are we going? What are we trying to achieve? Um, and what's meaningful to me? Not what someone else told me would be meaningful or, you know, this is the the step, the next step that someone in my career might normally take, well, that might be true, but is it for you? And um, as, as we started off this, this call, we're saying, you know, how quickly time flies. And here, here we are in 2022. And I was, I can remember when it turned year 2000, and I can remember looking forward to the year 2000, thinking it was a long way off when I was in primary school. But, um, you know, time's going to move by. So it might as well move past with you focusing on the things that are really meaningful to you. Oh, absolutely gold. You have shared so, so many wonderful things throughout this whole thing. It's a shame that these can't be like day long chats. We'd both be exhausted, but I'm sure that we'd make it. Um, but uh, look, again, I really, really am so appreciative that you've taken the time to have a chat. Um, but if people were wanting to follow along on your journey as their best like websites, they want to come and work with you as a coach, social media handles, any of those sorts of things. Um, two, two areas that I'll point out. Uh, first one is LinkedIn. That's probably my, ha my happy place. Um, if that's social media, I'm not sure it really is, but it's definitely a, a great spot. And you simply just search Sloan Wilkins, um, S-L-O-A-N Wilkins. Uh, there's only one of me on there, which is really great. So sorry to any John Smiths that are out there. It must be really hard to get people to find you. On, uh, on LinkedIn, so you should be able to find me there. The other place is actually my website, which is um, called executivefinancialcoach.com.au. Um, it, was, it was the longest domain I could think of, Tom, so I thought I'd go with that one. Like um, I don't charge you by the letter. Yeah, yeah. so executivefinancialcoach.com.au. And um, 
probably two things I'd highlight on the website that people might find interesting. There is a little ebook there that you can download, which is called uh, Win With Money. And that'll also get you on my mailing list so I can keep in contact with you. Um, don't worry, I won't spam you. And, and the other area, which is people find interesting, is the About section, which you can scroll down and read a little bit about my, my story and, and where I've come from and how I've, yeah, I guess, walked the path that many of my clients are actually walking now. And um, the thing was, I, I made plenty of mistakes, almost every mistake you possibly could, and clawed my way out the other side. I, I'm confident I could have got there a lot quicker if I'd actually um, had a guide to walk alongside me and support me. Mm, yeah, if you were in the time machine, went back and, and caught yourself, like, you know, coming out of high school, yeah. um, you know, giving you the playbook that you know now, then, yeah, yeah. might have been, uh, might have been, instead of Amazon, it could have been, um, you know, Sloan's <laughs> on or something. Uh, but look, it, it's, been, it's been wonderful to have you on here. A, a, a massive, massive thank you for you taking the, the time to have a chat. Where's your time? Really enjoyed the chat. And uh, yeah, good luck to everyone out there. And everyone that's tuned in for another episode, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I appreciate you being here. Uh, and my name's Tom Bell, and I'll catch you on the next episode.